fans, fandom, and fan culture. I'm Dr. Michael Boyce. Everyone likes something, but what are you a geek for? My guest today is Jason Duick. Jason is a Winnipeg-based writer. He's in not-for-profit communications. He's a podcast veteran, and he and I have done some great podcasts that don't exist anywhere right now. <laughs> we are going to talk about Star Wars and specifically the Jedi. Jason, welcome to Geek 4. Mike, thanks for having me. It's true. We we have done some of the most fun podcasts of my of my life that don't exist on the web anymore because of complicated reasons, but... Oh. I'm happy to be here. We did we did watch alongs, including yes. the Star Wars movies, which I yes. have not seen the first trilogy, one, two, and three, yeah. in years. And that was the most fun I've ever had. And frankly, the most fun anybody could have watching those terrible, terrible movies. Yeah. And I think we ended up actually watching was it Return of the Jedi? Like days after the passing of Carrie Fisher. Yes. Yes. If I that's recall. Right. And and that was oh. that was that was that was hard. It was it was uh, us and and a friend of ours who are all all big Star Wars fans, and it, it was it really was the thing of uh, sort of reckoning with 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 the legacy of Star Wars and and the characters and the impact on our lives. But yeah, it's uh, lots of time on mic. Yes, and those were. I mean, I've been practicing my whole life for that, being an MST three K <laughs> fan. Yeah, of course, um, of course. And then suddenly you're you're confronted with the fact that Carrie Fisher is dead, and every time she's on screen, it reminds you of the sadness. Yeah. 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 Anyways. Anyways. All right. Podcasting aside, yes. Star Wars. Star Wars. We want to get into a conversation about the Jedi specifically, uh, but how did you get into Star Wars? I, I don't have a good answer because I don't remember the first time I watched Star Wars. Um, my parents are not movie people, so um, I'm, a, I'm a child of the early 90s, and I, I didn't see Jurassic Park until I was in my 20s. Um, my parents don't hate movies, but they, they, don't, they aren't people who are like, oh, movies are cultural touchstone so i know my i'm sure my parents have seen star wars my, my dad at least my mom probably not even um but at, at some point the earliest memory i have is we had an uncle who had the i think they were like the audio enhanced vhs trilogy the, I, mm. I know there's been a million reissues yeah. of those i think it was i think that's what it was it, it was some enhancement and it was the the darth vader profile three vhs uh uh pack whatever you want to call it and i remember having that at our house and that's the earliest time i can remember consciously watching star wars uh and then since then it's been a million times uh since then certainly and 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 the books and the games i was really into um the particularly uh uh timothy zahn's rogue oh, squadron yes. uh, novel series i yep. read those uh a, a ton and i was the perfect age for the prequel trilogy. So I was, I'm born in 91. So I'm like 10 uh, ish when episode one comes out, which I will say um, all, all the plot around trade viceroys and blockades did not make sense to nine-year-old Jason. But I remember I have a deep sense memory coming out of that theater for after the podcast race and the, the very distinct, of Sebalba's pod racer is is written into the sense memory of my body. So um, between that and the duel of the fates, Darth Maul, lightsaber turn, double ignite, uh, you know, it. I, I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> 
the trade stuff, the Viceroy stuff didn't make sense to 24 year old Michael. <laughs> That's um, fair. But I was, I, I mean, I'm older than you. I have t-shirts older than you, honestly. Um, <laughs> That's fair. Probably time to throw those out. But yeah. um, I remember like watching the prequels and as somebody who grew up on the original trilogy i'm born in 75 so Mm -hmm. i didn't see the first star wars in the in the theater but i definitely saw empire strikes back and return of the jedi in the theater and it was the 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 movies that we rented when you had to rent vcrs me and all my my guy friends would rent vcrs and we'd rent star wars and we just watched them continuously until we had to return them so when it came out i was the guy i was trying so hard to love everything Sure. And, you know, oh, like, no, no, it's still good. It's still good. It's still good. And yeah. the pod racing seed for me was like, oh, there's the video game. I, okay. That's, oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Yep. 100%. Now, what is it about the Jedi, do you think, that people get wrong? Ooh. Okay. So the, I, I, I feel like I, I know this is a podcast about geeky, geek things, yep. but I still feel like this is, I have to give like, like a, a, a pedant warning on this because I know it's pedantic, but that's the nature of all this stuff. So that's what geeky is. Yeah, it, it, it really, it just comes out in, in different forms. But I love, more than Star Wars, I love the Jedi. I've always loved the Jedi. And um, something to me about it is, I, 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 I don't know where this comes from, but I always, always, always love the character and story, the character with a code. They are the uh, paladins. Um, I, I've, I've, I'm all, I've, even today, I find myself drawn to characters. Um, the Mandalorian being a, a good current Star Wars example of a character who, who has a code and their, their decisions are informed by it. So you have the Jedi, and the Jedi are, uh, are in Star Wars, they're the good guys. They serve the, good, the, the light side of the Force. The bad guys serve the dark side. Therefore, Jedi good, Sith bad, end of, of narrative. And I know that part of it too is that um, uh, we, we know part of Lucas's influences for Star Wars, obviously heavily drawing on like samurai movies mm-hmm. uh, and the Jedi are, the Jedi are Taoist Buddhist space cops. <laughs> um, to, I really to, hope that goes on their business cards. I mean, it, like to, to, to maybe draw too fine a point to it, Part of it also comes from um, that the circles I run in are, are replete with um, the, a, a fascinating fusion of, of, of Christian geeks, of, of people of faith and people who are geeks like me. And there is a, a real tendency I've observed, and maybe this comes from being in too many like hip, cool youth pastor sermons or whatever, but the idea of like, oh, like God is the light side and Satan is the dark side. Mm. And that is... I don't have I don't have time to get into why that's incorrect, but and deeply problematic, <laughs> and for so many reasons. Uh, but I think what people miss when they see the Jedi is that the Jedi uh, serve the Force, and that is to whom or to what their duty is. And so we see good guys, we see people who are the heroes of the story, um, stopping the work of of evildoers, saving the day, and they want those characters to be good. Even when we all like rule breakers, that's why Han Solo is everyone's favorite because he he knows when to break the rule to do the right thing. Yes, I think I think a lot of people have a, have a hard time with characters who um, would avoid doing what is perceived as the right thing for story purposes because their code prohibits it. But I love that. 
Mm-hmm. I love a character with an unbreakable or presumably unbreakable uh, moral code. Yeah. Narratively, when they get to the point when they actually have to break the code, it just means so much more. Exactly. Um, no no Mandalorian spoilers, but there's there's a moment in season two. I have to imagine anyone who cares that much will have watched it by now, but I, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be broad where we see a character who is um, perhaps even more dogmatic than mm-hmm. I want a paladin to be, but there's a moment where he has to reckon with that. And in the context of the show, it's incredibly meaningful um, because it it is a recognition of uh, the uh, the spirit of the law o- o- over the letter, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah. Well, to me, I know I know um, Last Jedi is a kind of a, a lightning rod of controversy among Star yes. Wars fans, and I have to admit, like I'm coming back around on Star Wars. Mandalorian really has done a lot for that. Yeah, I think you're right. That really kind of kicked it up. I, I've talked about it here before. I was so disappointed by the the prequels and they just kind of ruined my childhood. Uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Lucas. And I enjoyed the, the new trilogy, the Abrams yeah. verse. Um, but really, like in terms of filmmaking, it wasn't very great. It wasn't great overall. Um, the, the, the first well, one was really a rehash of, of Star Wars kind of, po- you know, plot points. They kind of got chaotic and it really didn't feel like they had a, a coherent vision. I thought Ryan Johnson's entry was far and away the best because it, it addresses some of the things that you're talking about, which is like, is this dogmatic lifestyle worth continuing? And I like, he got into some territory that was like, Ooh, that's really interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, we don't have time to get into the merits of the, of the last Jedi. Cause that's, that's a, that's a 10 part series I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for on, on geek four. Yeah. Uh, but but <laughs> say, I, I agree. I'm a huge fan of last Jedi. I, I thought that Ryan Johnson made some bold choices within the, within the sort of meta narrative of star Wars mm-hmm. that I can understand why some fans dislike, but to, to this end, I think it exactly exemplifies what, what I am talking about in that we have, we have Luke who is the, the, as, as much as this Anakin story, Star Wars, it, it's Luke's story. It, yeah, really. Uh, he he's the one. He's the one. He's the he's the un, unwilling hero. He's the the Campbellian myth bearer. Yeah. Um, but to me, when the the sequence in Last Jedi, when when Rey is just trying to get Luke to say, "Okay, come be the hero, be Luke Skywalker," and he he says, "So I'm going to walk in front of the whole Force Order with a laser sword." And and just the day will be over. Like st- stop being stupid, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And, and he starts saying it like it was the hubris of the Jedi that let the Emperor come in in the first place. Uh-huh. They had been co-opted by the Republic to being soldiers when their purpose is as peacekeepers. You know. And, and he lists all these things. And and to me, so and th- this is where it gets a bit muddy. In that, uh, as I mentioned before, I, I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of the what is now called the Legends canon. So the mm-hmm. The Star Wars universe that existed before the recanonization of the Abrams um, movies, and in those, there's there's a great length of uh, Luke rebuilds the New Jedi Order. Mm-hmm. Um, there's whole adventures that happen post those events, and to me, what what I look at, um, to me, Luke is both the uh, Ryan Johnson sequel trilogy character and 
the sequel, the the original Legends canon, and that he is he is he is more than just one of those two things. And and I know canon gets messy, but the, the original Jedi Code, and I and I, I on video here, I'm showing my my book of the Jedi Path that I keep <laughs> next to my lightsaber. Um, the original Jedi Code that has served them through the the Golden Age of the Republic. There is no emotion. There is peace. There is no ignorance. There is knowledge. There is no passion. There is serenity. There is no chaos. There is harmony. There is no death. There is the force. So that is incredibly Buddhist. And I'm not yeah. an expert on Buddhism, so please uh, uh, grant me some measure of, of, uh, of error on this. But the idea of saying there is no death, there is the force. All, all beings are part of this thing. It's not quite karma, but it's very karmic. Mm-hmm. Um, and we serve the light. And Luke says in The Last Jedi, to, be, to for, for the Jedi to have said that if the Jedi die, then the light dies is unbelievable hubris. Mm. Yeah. Uh, even with even within Star Wars in Rogue One, we meet a, a character who I love, a uh, Chirut Imwe, um, who is the the blind Force monk in the in that movie, and he's the 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 only example in the in the in the in the movie verse of a of a Force sensitive a Force user who is neither Jedi nor Sith. There's a lot more of that in, in the books, in, in Rebels, in, in Clone Wars, but it paints a picture that says, okay, so uh, Chirrut serves the Force, and his the sequence of him, I am the Force and the Force is with me, is a, a cinematic masterpiece as far as I'm concerned, narratively. Uh, I, I, I love it so much for what it says about the Force, because it says that the Jedi, their purpose isn't to, isn't to save everyone, it is to do the will of the Force. Um, there, there's references in the Jedi path and, and canon that the, if your purpose is to serve the light, then you they are instruments of its will. The Sith, on the other hand, their, their, their belief in opposition is that they want to control the Force. They want to use it as a tool or a weapon on their end. And it sort of relies on the hubris of, of, of believing you could, you could control the Force but I, but all this to say that when I when I see people talking about how Qui Gon was a gray Jedi and how all Jedi should just be gray Jedi, it it makes me frustrated because if you want to be a, a quote unquote gray Jedi, then don't be a Jedi. Then be something else. Be be a hero of the Force. Ahsoka Tano, um, a, a perfect example of a paladin to the Force who is not a Jedi. Um, I am no Jedi is one of the great lines in Star Wars history from Ahsoka Tano. <laughs> um, but so she's no longer a Jedi because she's been betrayed by those beliefs. So she serves the will of the force is, is I believe a force for good, but does not have the ties of the Jedi beliefs to, to sort of direct her. Whereas Obi-Wan um, who I am a huge fan of, I think he's an undersung hero of star Wars also has to reckon with, okay, this is the will of the force, not what I think should happen that I'm dealing with here. Mm. It's interesting. There's a level of complexity. I mean, and as somebody who grew up on the original trilogy where the Jedi were just talked about, you didn't yes. act, with the exception of Obi-Wan, who is like the last person and, and Yoda, who's you know not yeah. put in the position of actual Jedi. Um, it's like this mythical idea. And yes. then when you, the, the original the the prequel trilogy kind of gets into the politics a, a little too heavy-handedly and maybe a better writer would have, yeah. would have helped that um 
but I, you're, you're right. Like these, these ideas where people become, even though the idea is this, the practicality is on another level and you're right. The great hubris of thinking that you can control events. Yeah. And, and in the, in, in, in the legends canon, and this is the thing that I really love about the character of Luke that I think does dovetail into how he is portrayed in the last Jedi is that he essentially, um, completes a Jedi reformation. Um, he, he sort of Luther's the Jedi order because he recognizes that as the last living Jedi in, in that context, he says, okay, um, I, yeah, there were mistakes. Like there, there, were these, there were these codes, these laws, these rules. Um, and no, I, I, I hesitate to make this comparison because of what I said before, but n- not unlike how Jesus says in, in, in the New Testament, <laughs> Yeah, you 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 heard those rules right, but you're missing what they mean. Um, Luke uh, he he changes the Jedi code in in the in the in the original canon to these five tenets: that Jedi are the guardians of peace in the galaxy. Jedi use their powers to defend and to protect. Jedi respect all life in any form. Jedi serve others rather than ruling over themselves. Or sorry, they serve others rather than rule over them for mm-hmm. the good of the galaxy. And they seek to improve themselves through knowledge and training. And that is, is a very, you know, love thy neighbor as thyself <laughs> take on the original Jedi code, which is to say that attachments are dangerous, that, um, that affection will lead you to love, which might lead you to making decisions that are for your interest and not the forces. And, I, and I've heard good arguments on on how um on how there is there is a way into that even even faithfully observing the jedi code in in its original intent which is to say that like love isn't bad but love that that takes you away from you know what you're serving for a jedi is bad and i think that that is the intention of the code isn't to say that it's not quite as cut and dry as all attachment is wrong But it is to say um, that attachment might take you away from what you have committed yourself to. And I know that in, in, in some interviews, George Lucas, who still technically anything he says is canon, um, I think. Well, I, I guess not anymore. But for a while, that was the case. Like he named a planet uh, after Jon Stewart in an interview on The Daily Show. Yeah, he, John asked where Obi-Wan was from. And he said, oh, I don't know. It's probably called like... Um, Stu John, and then that was canon. So uh, a fun fact for you there. Um, but that the the way he saw the Jedi was uh, similar to like the Bushido code of, mm-hmm. of the samurai in that their first and only duty was to their, I mean, the samurai would have had a lord they were serving, but the Jedi served the will of the force. And so um, as much as we would like to think that the light side of the force is a perfectly altruistic, always good um, uh, being, or not a being, I guess, energy or karma, is the will of the many always the will of the few? Is that a light side belief? Maybe. And maybe not all the time, but maybe sometimes it is, and that can be hard, because people want people to have a strong moral code that always does, that always adapts um, and I don't think that the Jedi are made to do that. Mm. I, I think you're right. I'm very curious as, you know, the 
the Skywalker series mm-hmm. is apparently ended um, and that there is talk of new films within the cinematic universe of, of Star Wars. I'm very curious to see what they do because uh, like unless uh, unless somebody changes dramatically the direction, the narrative direction where the, yeah. the, the series has gone, um, Jedi will not be could not be uh, a significant aspect. So I'm very curious to see where they go with this. I think the Mandalorian, as you, as you raised, like, I got to admit, like I, I held off watching the Mandalorian um, mm. just because, you know, I've just been so burnt on star Wars. Sure. Yeah. Fair. Um, and I, that's maybe an overstatement. Um, I did, you know, watching uh, the last Jedi or uh, the rise of Skywalker. I can't remember which one with yeah. my niece. And she was just sure. like into it. And I'm like, this Kids is for Star Wars. That's a yeah. Fact. Like <laughs> this is for her. And I'm cool yeah. with that. I don't need to be the bitter ex fan. Um, I can, I can, I'm happy to let it go. And then I watched the Mandalorian. I'm like, Holy cow. Yeah. This is good. This yeah. is good. I also think um, that just as an aside, I think that the Mandalorian does something that, uh, I, I, I don't I don't want to not give credit to John Favreau who like that's his series but Dave uh-huh. Filoni who uh-huh. uh, masterminded Clone Wars any uh, big Star Wars fans will, will know the name uh, and and Rebels he also uh, is is a, a major force of uh, on the Mandalorian pun intended uh, I actually I actually didn't but I, who would believe me um, the the thing that I love about the series is that it they they really found a way that like. I, I saw sort of a meme that was like John Favreau is just trying his best to make like a samurai movie about a Ronin who finds an injured cub and needs to, you know, bring it back to his village. Yeah. And Filoni is, is like, like squeezing every drop of Arthurian influence that Lucas also intended um, out of it. Like the Beskar's uh, uh, spear, like the, the weapon, the, all these moments are like, they, they've really done, I think what Lucas, not maybe not what he would have done, but what, what was in his heart when he saw the world mm-hmm. of star Wars. And mm-hmm. so I do think that um, I, I'm, I am curious. I, I agree with you to see what, what is done with the Jedi. The Jedi are too synonymous with star Wars to be ignored. I think, um, but I, I suspect that they will find a way to, um, there also are a handful of Jedi who, who escaped. Like, uh, I know, I, I think Kinlan Voss is still a canonical character who escaped the purge. Um, the characters from, um, Rebels Kanan Jarrus, I think his name is, um, I think it's, I think it's still alive at the end of the series. It's been a while, but the, so the, there are Jedi out there along with like your, your, your Ray Skywalker, quote unquote, um, so I, I, I'm hopeful, I, I do hope that they put a little more thought into long-term story planning with the movies, but they seem to be doing that on the Marvel side very well. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm hopeful that as they, they just announced 15 new Star Wars shows, um, it seems like they finally figured, okay, we, we actually have to like plan this out first and then make a movie. It baffles me that with the example with the with the blueprint of the marvel films which have done yeah. so well um the, the, i i think i would really like them to take the foot off the gas a little bit uh there's just yep. too much coming but it has shown that like if you plan people will yeah. kind of grab on to the vision yeah pun intended um <laughs> oh we're just bad today mike <laughs> oh
Do you have time for a little quick back and forth question and answer? Fast four? I would love to. These are designed specifically for you. Oh boy. What's something that you're a geek for that might surprise people? Uh, food. Um, I did never want to cook in my life uh, much before I was in my mid twenties. And now that I do, it was shows like uh, Alton Brown's um, uh, Serious Eats. Is that what a show's called? No, uh, Good Eats. Good Eats. Um, and K, uh, what's his name? I'm blanking on it now. Um, K, Kenji, Kenji Lopez Alt, J. Kenji Lopez Alt. He has a, a food Bible called um, The Food Lab that made me understand cooking in a way I never had before. And now I'm insufferable about it. So <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. Clone Wars, Mandalorian, or Rebels? Oh, I I wish I could say Mandalorian, but Clone Wars completely changed Star Wars. Is there something that you were a geek for that you are no longer a geek for? Oh, I was really into, yeah, I, I was really into Pokemon uh, for a long time. More the games, I, I had the cards, but I was from a small town, so that wasn't really like a market. But I played, I put a lot of hours into Pokemon and uh, I, don't, I don't begrudge it now, but I have no interest in it anymore. I, I have this image of a, of a young Jason sitting alone with cards playing by I mean, himself. That's, that's essentially what it was. I think there were maybe three other guys in my school of 100 kids that had Pokemon cards. And we didn't know how to play. We didn't have marker. We just like, we just did it like theater of the mind. It was basically D&D &D with Pokemon cards, honestly. Yeah. I, I worked at a day camp uh, in university when Pokemon mm -hmm. first hit big. Oh, uh, yeah. Like 90. 98 99 somewhere in there yep. and i remember sitting down and trying to learn it because i'm like oh, i should figure this out because these sure. kids are talking about it and it was beyond me like <laughs> i've i've learned latin i've learned old english i've learned you know lots of things that but what does I'm, pikachu mean <laughs> what is a pikachu what is happening i don't get it <laughs> what color is your lightsaber and why Ooh, uh, I have a, uh, it is actually behind me. Mike can see it on the video here. I have a lightsaber. It is a, uh, like a mint green. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, when I ordered it, I went with the traditional intentions of the colorings behind the lightsabers of Jedi. Typically blue are reserved for um, Jedi who are guardians in, in video game terminology, more, more combat focused uh, warrior Jedi. Whereas the consulars would be more of the advisor, uh, con uh, uh, um, counselor, a type Jedi. And I, as much as I wish I would be a cool, um, double lightsaber spinning Jedi, I have to accept in my life that I am much more likely to be the one in the room asking everyone to just stay calm. Where does self-awareness fit in the Jedi code? Uh, it's, it's a gray area. Cause you got it. I like that. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. You and I should do this again and talk about comedy sometime. Oh, uh, in a heartbeat. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me. Happy to be here, Mike. Thank you for joining me on Geek 4. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Geek4Pod or me on Twitter at MWBoyce. If you listen on Apple Podcast, click the subscribe button and consider leaving a five-star review. Be sure to join us next time when we learn what someone else is a geek for. <laughs> <laughs>